3: To start listening.
4: The numbers told the story; they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander, B Sin. My- day edition of a numbers game here on VEASAN. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin in for Gil Alexander. Just one more day. Don't worry about it. He'll be back in here tomorrow. Be right in this very seat. I know you're probably disappointed to get me, but it's only one more day, Kelly Bidlin. One more day. Just one more day, Gil, back in the seat here. We're going to talk to Jonathan Tobo a little bit later. Talk some NBA with him. Jake Hahn coming in. A little bit of ice soccer with Jake Hahn. Love talking to Jake mm-hmm. Hahn about the hockey. With everything, a start of the show, tip of the cap here to Peter King, uh, Kelly, his final Monday morning quarterback this morning, yeah. long, long, long career coming to an end, uh, retirement definitely deserved for Peter King. So tip of the cap to him, a guy that, you know, listen, it was one of those things that he kind of changed the way it was, you know, he would go in and the insider stuff and having the recaps every single Monday. And I know that that became a lot of people's shtick along the way, but you know, they followed in the path of a guy like him. And so, uh, well-deserved retirement to him.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Incredible work he's done in the business through through his entire career. It's just, uh, I mean, one of, the, one of the legends, right, man? Yeah, like absolute legend. Hall just, of
4: Famer, if you will. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's a, everybody who does work like we do, tip of the cap, like you yeah, said, man. Absolutely. All right, so let's get into a little bit of what happened yesterday, because some of this stuff could carry over and impact how we look at things moving forward, specifically over there in the NBA. And Kelly, whenever we're looking at how some of these Games broke down yesterday. You see the Bucks come out and and handle up on the Sixers. Yes, the yes the Sixers don't have Embiid, but they've been playing pretty well without him. But instead, this was a massive twenty one point win for the Bucks. And you know the Bucks. I think at this point, you're looking at this team and you say like, all right. They kind of were up and down all year long. Were they really going to put it together? Was this really going to be a team that could contend for the title? And I think what we've seen here over the last couple of games, very small sample size. But we do see this Bucks team that we see what the potential is for this Bucks team. And we see that this is a team that definitely 100%, no matter what you thought of them all year long, it is a team that can compete when it comes down to it.
5: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I think this is what uh, this is exactly what they needed. Right. This was the um, you you know, you're you're trying to temper everybody's expectations and try to get everybody to be patient a little bit with Doc coming in. But it's very similar to me of always what happened with James Harden in the Clippers. I mean, he joined him on a road trip. You know, when he signed on, and I know that he doesn't have, Doc's not going to have the same impact that James Harden is going to have on a team. But when you're trying to come in, you're bringing in a guy to massively change things because something's gone horribly wrong through the start of the season. No matter what we think about Doc Rivers, the guy still has a ton of coaching experience and this stuff takes time. And, Matt, I just view it as they needed the all-star break. You finally are able to, like, get home, get some practices under your belt together. And now I think this is the period where it's fair to start judging what this Milwaukee team is going to be once they get in the playoffs over these next few weeks. This is when they need to put their foot on the gas pedal. That's two great wins to start out of the all-star break. Let's see what they can do. I'm definitely not counting them out as a big threat in the Eastern
4: Conference. That brought them to 500 on the road for the season, 14-14. and Away from Milwaukee, Giannis goes 30, 12 boards and assists shy of a triple-double. Nine assists for him, 24 from Lillard, 20 from Beasley, and then Portis chips in 17 off the bench. And you kind of start to put together in your head what this team could possibly be, what this team could look like, what a night of a good game could look like. And I think what you saw last night is is the typical, okay, the Bucks had a great performance. The Bucs looked really good. This is kind of the box where you're going to look in and see. If, in, in my personal opinion.
5: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's it, except for one notable name missing, too, right? I mean, Chris Middleton will be yeah. back uh, here uh, shortly, and that's going to be. Um, you know, it's great to have the addition of Damian Lillard, but I mean, every time we've seen the Bucks have success, we've seen Chris Middleton be a huge part of it. I think that's going to be one thing that you're going to uh, it's going to be dependent on him looking good as they run it, uh, head into the playoffs. That defense get a little bit better. If all those things start to click, though, man, I mean, watch out because out, outside of the Boston Celtics, this Eastern Conference
4: is wide open. Yeah, absolutely. We look over at the Mavericks who were on a nice run. Uh, you see. You go out and you get 29 from Kyrie, you get 33 from Luca, and you're thinking you're probably going to win the game if you get 33 and 29, and instead you end up losing by 20 points to the Pacers because you give up 133. Now, they have been playing a little bit better defense of late, but in this one, the Pacers come out, really put it on them. 133 points given up by this Mavs team. And if there's anything you want to do to poke a hole in this Mavs team, Kelly, it would be the defense, right? Because you know you have two of the most prolific scorers in the NBA on the court at the same time and in any given night. They did last night; can go for sixty, they can go for seventy combined between those two. The problem is, is can they keep the other team from putting it in the basket almost at will? And they could not do it yesterday.
5: Yeah, and that is something we've seen, you know, kind of shift since the trade deadline. Is their defense has been better? I was on the Mavs yesterday; it felt like the whole world was. Um, and yeah, ran into a buzzsaw. That defense kind of looking like the defensive old uh, yesterday, and the Pacers uh, getting, getting a lot of easy points. Miles Turner with a e- really easy 30-point game, uh, filling it up there against the Mavericks, and um, I, I, look, they're going to be an interesting team to track here. It, it was, uh, you know, as we lead into the MVP conversation, it is a, a team that, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was, I, I can't really consider Luka Doncic until this team starts winning, and they've been winning, you know, over the past couple weeks. So, yeah, he's becoming
4: a lot more real in that conversation. We go in, the Nuggets, and the Warriors went off with just a one-point spread in that game. The Nuggets go on the road, win that game handily by 16 points on a monster, monster game by Nikola Jokic. If you look, 32 points, 16 boards, 16 assists, four steals, throw in a block as well. And by the way, he only turned the ball over two times in that game. Just an absolute monster of a game. And oh, by the way, Murray chips in 27 on the side to get this team. Again, like... I know people have been kind of mad with the way the Nuggets season has gone, Kelly. It seems like they were sleepwalking. It's kind of like where they having this championship hangover. But you watch, and you see what Jokic does, and you see Murray chipping the 27 on top of that, and then you get the 17 from Gordon, and you start to realize, like, Okay, maybe they were sleepwalking a tad, and maybe there was at least a minimal amount of a hangover here, but they are definitely every bit the contender that we thought that they were going to be heading into this season and should be one of the favorites to win it all, because when you have those guys out there on the court, games like this happen a lot, yeah. not the not the 32-16-16, 30, but we know Jokic is good for a triple-double anytime he steps on the court. They are every bit the contender, and I, I get it. If you were if you were lukewarm on them because of what you saw throughout the middle of the season, but you know, listen, I think that they were probably they probably were. I think it's fair to say they probably were a little bit complacent. They probably were a little bit sleepwalking, and it is what it is now because we're heading down the stretch. And you see a game last night, and you go, "Oh, okay, yeah, there's that Douglas.
5: Yeah, I also don't, I also don't think I'd be shocked. I, I think the Clippers, you could say this about too. I don't think we should be shocked if down the stretch, like they. You know, maybe Jokic uh, takes off a game yeah. or two. Yeah, I mean, you, they, what's the most crucial for Denver and LA, the Clippers, uh, being is that you're entering this play the playoffs healthy, and they because they are going to have a top four seed. You're not gonna have to worry about them falling back into yeah. the play in. So, I do think that anytime we see okay, a slight grab at the hamstring or something like that. Could that mean a missed game for Nicole Jokic when it normally wouldn't? Yeah. I think that's a possibility. I think that's a good possibility with the Clippers too, given their uh, injury history. We saw Paul George sit last night uh, for the Clippers. So I think that's something don't freak out. If they, these teams maybe don't end this the regular season as strong as what they've looked like, uh, you know, over the past couple months. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I think over these next few weeks, this is, this is where these teams can really, really start clicking and, uh, Try try to capture that one seed and separate themselves from the pack that's built at the
4: top there. We know that it is a reactionary market. All of these awards markets are reactionary, and so you get a massive game out of Jokic. What do you do? You wake up this morning to him being a minus-160 favorite to win the MVP SGA at plus-250 Luka, at plus 650 everybody else 14 to one or longer we talked a little bit about Jokic when I was in here a couple of weeks ago Kelly and saying you know he, he probably should be the front runner and unless something really happens as far as him like I said taking significant time off or whatever he's probably the guy to get this thing here SGA is putting up a uh, listen I, I, you cannot complain at all about what SGA is doing it's, it's unbelievable what he's doing when he steps out on the court but then You just see how every phase of the game can be impacted by Jokic. You know, again, 16 boards, 16 assists to go along with the 32 points. Oh, by the way, four steals chipped in as well. And you just realize the odds were probably appropriate and they probably still are appropriate here.
5: Yeah, this is, uh, Matt, I think we might end up seeing a all-time MVP race here. I think these four guys are, are all live. I think they all have a path. When you talk about Nicole Jokic, SGA, Giannis, and Luka, I, I think there is absolutely reality where uh, the Bucks, if they start playing well and racking up wins, get back in that two-seed in the Eastern Conference, yeah, people are going to look around at what Giannis is doing stat-wise this season. He's He could be jumped up into that conversation. We see Luka Doncic, how his odds have moved as this Mavericks team has won. And this is, you know, I think we were talking about this a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, uh, and it's it was my hesitation on Jokic and Doncic was, okay, Jokic hasn't had as great of a season as he's had in years past, but then you look at what he's done, I mean, just these three games uh, out of the All-Star break, 21 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists against the Wizards. 29 points, 15 rebounds, 14 assists against Portland. 32 points, 16 and 16, like you said last night against Golden State. I, okay, it's really hard to argue against a guy that <laughs> right. keeps doing that yeah. over, over and over you again. You can justify
4: the odds movement. You, you, anyway. you yeah, can. Yeah, you yeah. can. And yeah. then
5: Luca, you know, it was my. Uh, what my question? Was, is this team going to win? Is this team going to win enough? But now all they've been doing is winning. Take out of that game from yesterday. So I really think. I really think this has turned into a a four horse race. I think it's going to be pretty lively to the end. I think SGA is right there in the conversation
4: though. I really I do, I, I do too. And, and you look at I is it is there any reason to believe that it's because he he plays in Oklahoma City? I mean like I, there there has to be some of that, right? I mean as far as what? Like the, we're just, not the big national market, so he's like not going to get the love like we in the bubble make the make the case for SGA and we're the ones beating the table and all the, like you don't hear that a ton from anybody else, yeah. you know. And you certainly don't hear don't hear from the general public. I mean I you could go ask you could go ask a basketball fan by the way Who do you think the top three guys in the in the MVP betting market? They might tell you Jokic, they might tell you Giannis, they might tell you Luke. SGA would be the guy that got left out. Yeah, sure.
5: Yeah, you're probably not wrong. That makes me sad. I hope at the I hope at the end of the day though, the voters that vote on this war to look look at what Shea Gilgis Alexander had to work with this season and what he how far he brought this team
4: and the case he's making to win this war. Let's look at some other news that happened over the weekend. And the Clippers unveiled a new logo. Do you like it? We're gonna find out when we come back.
3: To start listening. A numbers
6: game on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: We here at VC want to get you ready for yet another betting season, and that is baseball coming up. You know, spring training is already happening, and we want to get you ready for all of the bets you're gonna make. For the boys of summer, VEASAN.com slash guide. You can download for free our baseball betting primer. Go in, get some World Series future analysis, how to bet on spring training. If you want to get in on all that, you degenerates out there and Sabermetrics for the MLB betting season as well. It is absolutely free. VEASAN.com slash guide for the baseball betting primer. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin in here for Gil Alexander for just another day. Head on over to uh, my Twitter account. Did you retweet it? Did you retweet it? Or, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, mean, I got yet? distracted by the story. Uh, you're right, you're right. Right. I'm retweeting
5: it right now. So, it right uh,
4: now. teased it on the way out, but the, the Clippers are going to unveil a new logo as they move into their new arena. And so, with that, um, people are, are giving their opinion on, uh, on this. So, uh, I asked for... Or yay or nay? You retweeted the wrong thing. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Trying to get people's opinion on whether they like it or not, and you just it wrapped
5: you, up in the story. All man. you did, yeah, all you do
4: is just the right, I retweeted it too. But go in, take a look, let us know. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Listen, it, it, before you just off the cuff opinion. Click on the logo itself and you can read the explanation as to why all the stuff is there. And and, and we came around on it. We We we, 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 we didn't we didn't hate it to begin with. But then once you read why everything is where it is, you're kind of like, oh, that's actually a clever logo.
5: Well, the the initial my initial reaction was it, it was it does feel like a, it feels like a, a seal that you wear on your jacket for your your local yacht club you know that you're going to because that's what uh, that's what it looks like a little bit to be honest but yeah once you read the once you read the descri- description I'm with you I I, yeah. I didn't really know about the deep history of the Clippers so, so there you go and uh, now I know a little bit more and the logo reflects it so I think it's good the uniforms are not much of
4: a change so it's a clean simple uh, color scheme I like the look. Yeah, there we go. Uh, all right. So, one more thing in the NBA before we move on here, Kelly. Uh, Trey Young out for at least four weeks with a torn ligament in his pinky finger. He was averaging 26 points and 11 assists per game. The Hawks are currently in the last play in spot in the East and are going to be without Trey Young for at least a month. This does not bode well for this team, probably holding on here.
5: Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um,. <laughs> I still think they make
4: it say, (laughs) But then the question becomes, then who makes it if they don't? Uh, I think they still make it. I think they
5: still uh, still make it in. I I mean, the one team that I think you've seen play a little bit better here, and I'm not going to be surprised, but I'm talking teams below the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference standings, which there are only five of them. I think there's one team that has been playing better that if there were more games left, I would say watch out for And that's the Charlotte Hornets, but they're a full 10 games back back, behind where Atlanta is. So with like 27-ish
4: games left, it's hard uh, to—I think that would be pretty massive if they fell out of that spot. We we should say that—I mean, the Nets— are, are currently on a four-game skid and two and eight in their last ten. If, they, if they had not played, like, absolute yeah. garbage, they would be right on the hawk's tail here. It's just they have not played very well the last ten games.
5: Yeah, I have no yeah. idea what's going on with that yeah. organization. Yeah. I mean, oh, boy, did Ke- Kevin Durant and Kyrie, those guys, screw that thing up. I, this is, I think they tried to do the best they could. They've got a lot of pieces now that are valuable contracts. That's what we want to say, but uh, none of them have really been able to
4: come together as basketball players. Cody Bellinger, three-year, $80 million deal to return to the Cubs. Now, if you read into the deal a little bit further, it's actually a year-to-year-to-year thing. So, it's really just a one-year deal. And then they'll just kind of like a tacked on to another one-year deal. was tacked on to another one-year deal. So, not the haul that Cody Bellinger and company were thinking he was going to get. They really wanted that multi-year deal. And honestly, the Cubs can get out of this thing. After a year, baseball is kind of weird when it comes to this whole free agency. There's a team option after every year. Yeah, yeah, team option after every year. Yeah, after after for the second year and third year, and then you know baseball is just weird when it comes to this because big name free agents linger into spring training. I mean, we're into you know a week now into spring training. Bizarre. We're a week now to spring training. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, J.D. Martinez, Brandon Belt, Mike Clevenger, Tommy Pham, all without teams right now. Like, what's a Cy Young (laughs) winner? Yeah, yeah. All without teams right now. So, it's it's one of those things where, like, they're rolling the dice. You know, Scott Boris is the agent I know of a a couple of these dudes, and we know he likes to play the hard line thing. He was Cody Bellinger's agent didn't work out you know again didn't work out so we'll see what happens for some of these dudes but it's just weird because this doesn't happen in any other sport where it's like yeah you might have one guy lingering as training camp starts in the nfl you might have it actually in the nba everyone's signed like there, there's no big name free agents that aren't that aren't signed by the time we get going so in, in baseball sure, to have yeah. this many guys like still lingering out there is just weird you sit there and you're like wait Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery are literally like front-end starters, and they they don't have a team to play. You know, there's still certainly some uh, something left in the tank for Mac Chapman and J.D. Martinez and Brandon Belt and all these guys. So, interesting that, that, that we will still have stuff to talk about as we move forward with where they're going to end up playing.
5: Has that been trending that way, Matt, like the past couple of years? Because like, this was the first year where, like—, like yeah. When someone brought up to me Blake Snell like three weeks ago still is a signing. I'm like, mean, wait, Blake Snell? Did he just win a Cy Young award last year? What do you mean he's not signed anywhere?
4: He did, in fact, win a Cy Young. Award. Like,
5: is this like has this been coming
4: or is this just this year? Like an like an odd year. The, the last couple of years, there's been some of these big name dudes that have lingered into camp, but like typically your Cy Young award winner would be getting kind of that multi year contract that I guess he's going after. But I don't listen like I said, Boris is this guy that's notorious for playing hardball with these teams. And most of the time he wins, but it seems like this Bellinger deal was kind of a loss because like I said, it wasn't really a multi-year deal. It's a team option deal for the next couple of years. And, so, I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I just can't believe that we still have all these guys that are still ridiculously, uh, that are still available out there have, and, and with all that.
5: While we're on the, while we're on the topic, have you made uh, any baseball futures bets so far? We didn't really talk about that when you were in.
4: Yeah, yeah. I got some baseball futures in. I played over on the Royals for season wins Okay, at 73 and a half. If you go in there, one, AL Central is just a division that is ridiculously easy right i mean it's just a really really good really really good spot for a team to kind of come out of nowhere you got the guardians white Sox, tigers and twins only if you look at all the projection systems out there only one of the teams is projected to be over 500 which is the guardians and that's only two games over 500 so like it's it could literally be up for grabs for anybody out there their front end the rotation yeah it's not like super sexy michael waka seth lugo get signed What can you get from Cole Reagans this year, which you saw once he got traded to the Royals, really, really started to play really well. I mean, I know the Rangers, little experiment with him didn't work out after all those injuries. You have a legit superstar in Bobby Witt Jr. Salvador Perez is one of the best hitting catchers in all of – uh, baseball. Vinny Pascatano is a guy that had a t- bunch of hype heading into last season. He was living up to it, and then got hurt, and so we'll see if he can come back from that. And you just have to rely on a bunch of young guys that are all 25 or younger, but do have at least major league experience. Michael Garcia, Michael Massey, M.J. Melendez, Nelson Velasquez. All these guys are 25 or younger. That if they can, you know, come out, I think that that's uh, that that's something. You, you know, I talked a little bit about Ronald Acuna for MVP. I did. Tuck yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, I did tuck that into the account as well. And it's one of those things. Where where guys listen again not a sexy bet but plus 550 you go you tuck it away kelly you forget about it and at the end of the season so long as he doesn't suffer some sort of major injury that keeps him out of play for a long time he's going to be right there and you're probably going to be cashing a ticket again he hit 337 41 bombs 106 rbi he scored 149 runs he stole 73 bases and did this while striking out only 11.4 percent of the time and like let's talk about other really That's wild let's talk about other really good hitters right Mookie Betts struck out 15.4 percent of the time Freddie Freeman 16.6 percent of the time everybody talks about how ridiculously disciplined Juan Soto is at the plate and how good he is Juan Soto struck out 18.3 percent of the time like it's just it's insane that this guy puts up these numbers while also only striking out 11 percent of the time when he steps in there so it's it's 550 so long as he doesn't suffer some sort of injury, he's going to be right there again. And so I just tucked it in there. I'll forget about it. We'll look at it whenever the end of the season rolls. And around.
5: he is plus 150 to lead the majors in stolen bases. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just absurd. <laughs> I know. Plus 850 to lead in hits only behind Raya's plus 750. <laughs> Uh yeah. Yeah. It's uh some of these player totals have come out of it have been interesting to yeah.
4: look at. I put in a Corbin Burns uh, Cy Young in the AL as well. Uh the the move to the Orioles, in my opinion, is neutral because it, it's a better pitcher's park, but then obviously it's a tougher division. So it, it's you know, I think it's a neutral move, but he had a down year, and if you're watching the video stream, air quote down year for this. Yeah, we've done that the first two yeah, segments. With like a three <laughs> he had a three thirty nine ERA, a twenty five point five percent K rate an 8.4% walk weight and 12.2% swinging strikes. Like for him, that's a down year because the previous two seasons, he had a 30 and a half K rate last year, but the year before that he had a 35 and a half percent K rate. His walk rate ticked up last year. If he gets that back down to normal, then also his swinging strikes will go back up again a little bit. And so for me, Corbin Burns moving over to a team where he's going to get, it shouldn't matter, but playing for the Orioles. He'll get his wins. It's a good team. They're going to get wins. So, when people are looking at that type of stuff, to go along with it as well. So, I I did tuck into Corbin Burns as well.
5: I like it. I like it. DraftKings putting more markets up every single day. I haven't seen these ones before, Matt. How about doubles and triples leader?
4: He's got that one, too. Doubles leaders is up there. Freddie Freeman, plus 450. I mean, what... I'm saying we're we're just sitting here looking at just how ridiculously good all of this is. It's unbelievable. Let's talk some NBA with our very own Jonathan Bon Toba when we come back.
6: A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Hey, do you lack a Beeson Pro subscription? We are going to let you come in for an entire year, an annual subscription for just $199. You know what you get with all that. You get the best bets and the betting splits, and you get all the betting guides that we do over on the site, including all of the other articles for all the other sports. We're talking hockey over there. We're talking horse racing. We're talking golf. We're talking everything over at Beeson.com. So go in, Beeson.com, slash subscribe with the promo code A-N-G to get an entire year for just $199, Matt Brown in for gill for one more day kelly bidlin here on the desk as well and i can't wait to ask the first question here to our very own jonathan von tobel who certainly has looked and scrutinized this logo that is going to be debuting for the clippers next season yay or nay jvt oh yay Absolutely. okay thank I mean, you. me too i like it
6: yeah it's cool you know it goes back to the roots of the clippers and and why they're called the clippers for many people who don't really know why um you know the current logo which kelly has seen me rock i have a fitted of the current logo which is like the l and the c and it looks all crappy and whatnot um it's it's way better than what they've got currently and you go back to the red unis which has been sorely missed so yeah no i'm in i'm in
4: and i'll tell you this before you make your opinion out there I want everyone to click on the logo and then read as to why all the stuff is in the logo and where it is. And it will make you like it. Even if you think you don't like it because you're like, uh, oh, Kelly, by the way, they put the N in Los Angeles at the very top of the logo because it's pointing North. Like, I mean, all these yeah, little things yeah. like that.
5: I, I, mean, I never like, knew how much work went into these things. Like even <laughs> like the VGK, like logo, like it took me a long time to see like the V, I think it like the V in the helmets. Like I they, it's a, a lot of masterful design, all
4: with a purpose, all yes, with a purpose. All, with a purpose. all JBT, right, what did we learn? yesterday in the NBA. Let's start with the Bucs and the Sixers and you see them go out and win convincingly. Sure, it is it is no Embiid there for the Sixers, but they've been playing well even without him and there's been a ton of question marks around this Bucks team.
6: Yeah, I, I think for for the 76ers it's a team that's just kind of challenged right without Joel Embiid out there. And especially with the new look roster, one of the things that I've kind of pointed out and you know, I had the Bucks yesterday in the write-up and, and talked about it a little bit at length, which is, you know, it's they're not a very good rebounding team without uh, Joel Embiid out there. They're very poor perimeter Defensive team uh, because now if you look at it now that Patrick Beverly's gone you've got these guys who're just not really dominant on ball defenders and so Vo- Embiid's out there to help carry the weight on offense all of a sudden you got a team that really just struggles in multiple facets and sure enough yesterday offensive rating of 125 and non-garbage time for the Milwaukee Bucks a day an offensive rating of 97.8 for Philadelphia I think this is just what this team's going to be here as you move forward and for Milwaukee like as you kind of mentioned uh, these are two really good wins coming out of the break I, I think when you're able to go into Philadelphia take care of the way that you should against a, a lowly 76ers team is currently constructed. That's a positive and the defensive effort and guys, the fact that it looked like maybe they were going to let go of the rope against Minnesota on Friday night, but ultimately kind of hunkered down and, and got a really big win on the road against the Timberwolves. So I think you like what you see now it's two games, right? Two wins, two covers. Let's see if they can continue. This as the second worst cover team in the NBA has move forward, but uh, no better way to start the second half here uh, for Milwaukee than what they've done in the first two
4: contests. Mavs been playing well. We see that win streak come to an end end with a 20-point loss on the road at the Pacers and what do you you know, you, you get the big scoring night from Luca? you get the big scoring night from Kyrie but then you give up the 133 we know that that has been something that we have been talking about with this Mavs team all season long is hey yeah they got two of the best scorers but they can't stop anybody else from scoring is this just hey listen it's a blip because they have been playing a little bit better defense are you worried at all here about like okay see so they're back to the same old Mavs or you're like you know you know whatever you're gonna you, some nights you're gonna go out and you're gonna give up 133
6: yeah, I think this is just a quintessential Mavericks game, right? Like you said, the, the upside on offense is incredible when you have Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic out there. And the reason why they had gone in that win streak prior was that Kyrie Irving came back healthy and then all of a sudden they rip off seven consecutive wins. They cover six of those. And so, like, I think this is just what the Mavericks are going to be, which is why in the grand scheme of things, I think you have questions as to whether or not they can actually win an NBA title. I think they can beat any team in a best-of-seven series, any single one of them, because they're so good on offense. But can they win four is the real question when you're when you're playing defense in that way and your objective almost every single game is outscore your opponents. They've got some decent defensive pieces, but nowhere near enough in which you're going to be able to play consistently on that end of the floor to win multiple best of seven. So if they get into the first round, let's say they're the seven seed or whatever it is, could they spring an upset over Oklahoma City or Minnesota or wherever they get in that first round? I think absolutely. But then will they be able to do that consistently is the real question. I think they can't. So I think they're a danger on any given night, but in terms of the big picture, I think last night was a perfect example, Matt, where sometimes you're going to go out and you're going to get burned by guys like Andrew Nemhardt who looked really good in limited action and everything else. So I think that's kind of the short side here for the Dallas Mavericks.
4: What do you make of this Pelicans team? They let the Bulls come in, beat them uh, last yeah. night, you know, and, and you just see this team that at points you go, wow, there, there's something there. And then there's other times and you look like last night where you let again, they let the Bulls come into their home court and beat them up a little bit. Is this are they are they are they we, you know, we always do the contender pretender thing. Are, are they just pretenders? I dude, I don't know. So this
6: is the one team that I have it. I'm looking right now because I wanted to get this right. So like, they're a team that right now is eighth in net rating and non-garbage time, seventh in defense. Like, and those are two generally good indicators that you're going to be a good team. But the problem with this squad this year, guys, is they're right around average on offense, and that shouldn't be the case. You know, the, one of the upsides of having your trio of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and just Zion Williamson in general was that you're supposed to be a, an overtly efficient offense, and this was supposed to help. You're supposed to be able to pressure the rim. You're supposed to be able to the cause issues, get to the foul line, dominate on the glass. And that just hasn't really been the case. One of their big issues, they turn the ball over a lot on nearly 14% of their offensive possessions. That's going to kill you in terms of efficiency. So I, I think, Matt, this is one team that I haven't been able to get my read on because they're floating around a five seed. There are some statistics that show you that they're a really good club. And then you go out and you get a performance like that yesterday and you realize, oh, this is why they're just floating around a five seed and not showing any consistency. So I would agree with the sentiment. Like I just, I'm not sure what to do with them just because i think that they have these small issues that are ultimately going to hold them back i think we're kind of this year i don't want to jinx it i think for this season we're kind of done asking the question will zion williamson be healthy he's shown that he's going to be at least be healthy and be there for a minute it's just are you going to get things together on the offensive end and through about what are we talking about now 58 60 games it has shown at the very least that you're going to be an average offense and in today's nba that can't carry you very far
4: so we have now seen Jokic move after the monster game last night to minus 160 yep. in the MVP market. Let's say somebody has been an NFL better, NFL season's over, they're parachuting in, they want to get in an MVP ticket. They're not going to put $160 down to win 100 They want to put 100 down and win more money than they put down. JVT, where should their money go? Is it SGA at 250 Is it Luka at 650 Is it Giannis at 14 What do you think here yeah. if someone wants to come in and, and get a nice little ticket to sweat for the rest of the season? So I think at this
6: point, and I'll say this, like, cause this is the point where, you know, with every fart in the wind, the odds are going to move right for most valuable player. Like no matter what's going to happen, you're going to see some sort of an adjustment. And I would say for voters and in general, Jay Gilders Alexander the other day, effectively eliminated Kawhi Leonard from the conversation, right? Cause they go where they have, they host the Clippers, they blow them out. And I think a lot of people are going to, okay, we're done with Kawhi Leonard. And I think that's kind of fair. So I think right now you're looking at a two and a half horse race. And I say a half because Luca does have the counting stats, but I don't know if they're going to win enough for him to get this. Guys, at this point right now, I'm sitting and staring at Shea Gilders-Alexander, a plus 250 to potentially win this award. They could still win the number one seed in the Western Conference. He is absolutely incredible on both ends. I think he still leads the league in steals per game. He's obviously incredible with his efficiency numbers and his scoring. And if they end up winning a top seed in the West, be it one or two, and finish ahead of Denver, that could make the difference here for Shea Gilders-Alexander. At the very least, I think the gap between him and Nikola Jokic is not as far as the market would indicate. I think what's happened here is we get the most recent straw poll a couple of weeks back that has Jokic with a, what was it like 60 67 votes out of 100 whatever it was and so the market uses that as a placeholder until we get the next one i think shea gilders alexander has a very realistic shot at winning this given how good he is how much he has used what he has done for a team that could win the west and especially a plus 250 or better i think that's where you're going and i'm going to add Shay here uh to the portfolio because i think he's the one that's ultimately going to win this award i think he deserves it at this point right now
4: short slate tonight jvt
6: anything in your account Yes. Uh, the uh, Grizzlies money line plus one Oh five is about to go up on the website of Easton.com. So you can check out the write up there too, with the other games as well. But look guys, Brooklyn one and seven straight up two and six against the spread in their last eight games. Latest melting down against the Timberwolves on Saturday night uh, when they had uh, I think 0.85 points per possession in the second half, they lose despite leading in halftime as an eight and a half, nine point underdog. This team stinks guys. If you're looking at it, larger sample size, how about this nets eight and 25 straight up eight, 24 and one against the spread in the last 33 games they've been abysmal and the market's been kind of slow on really adjusting to this team and how bad it has been from a power rating standpoint. And I think you can make, he's not going to win it. You can make a sick case for Taylor Jenkins to win coach of the year because he has had this Memphis team playing really hard, especially on the defensive end. They come into today, guys, despite the fact that they have already clinched the under on their win total, that they're one of the worst teams record wise, eighth in defensive efficiency. They're playing really hard on that end of the floor. They are 10 to five against the spread in their last 15 games, just in much better form, especially at home. So I took Grizzlies money line. I'm going to take my chance with a better coach team, at least playing really hard defense and not giving up on a night to night basis uh, other than Brooklyn, which has looked like an absolute nightmare firing. Jacques Vaughn. Kevin Ali doesn't really look like he's going to be the guy either through a couple of games. It's been a nightmare for Brooklyn. I'll take my chances with the home underdog tonight.
4: JBT, 20 seconds. They're trying to ban storming the court. Your opinion. Uh, I think that uh, Phil Paskey
6: tried to, try to take a shot of the fan uh, right before <laughs> he got hurt. So uh, I think no, just kidding. Uh, just don't make rules that you can't do it if you're favored. How about that? Let's do that uh, because you were favored to win the game. Come on. <laughs>
4: There's, uh, Kelly, you know I'll, I'll get your opinion here on the on the other side here, but it's just it's it's I, the I, deal. Like you weren't supposed to do it anyway, yeah. so it's kind of like oh we're gonna ban it. Like I thought it was what it already banned. Like what do you mean? I like mean, the idea already, of
5: video boards as you enter
4: the arena, though. You right. are favored tonight. Do not store. <laughs> yeah. The court <laughs> <laughs> court storming game or not you know you got to figure it out jonathan von tobel jvt thanks man appreciate it see you guys uh we'll talk about that on the other side as well as some broncos news that's coming out it is a numbers game here on a monday
3: to start listening. A numbers
4: game on V the Sports Betting Network. If you have not already, one of the best things that you can do is head on over to slash newsletter. It is absolutely free to go in and have Bill 80 come in your inbox every single morning with not only what happened in the night in sports before, but also guide you to what is happening the day of over on VEASAN.com. He will point out different articles. He will point out whenever we release new betting guides, release new information, all of this. And again, it's absolutely free, and it shows up in your inbox. I wake up to it every single morning, Kelly Bidlin, open it up, and there's just this little bit of warmth and goodness there from Bill AD, from his little hands to typing on the computer to your eyeballs. I get three of them I don't know know. why I get three of them, but I get three of them. Did you sign up with three different addresses thinking they were what? What happened to you?
5: I I have a feeling that uh, Bill and I have been just working together long enough that different email addresses and stuff like that have all been combined into
4: one. And I get three emails every morning. Well, uh, guess what? Do you open all three? No, no, you, no. Better, you better, do that because they do the open rate on these newsletters and stuff. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, you can't like, you can't even get three of them and then open, only Wait, open is one. It, is that actually hurting, true? You're, you're hurting <laughs> the open rate. Yeah, you got to at least open the three or whatever. Sorry, yeah. Bill, I'll start opening all three. They get reports of these things. Yeah, I mean, come on. I definitely delete two oh, of three. Oh man, what are you doing? You're hurting Bill's open rate on these things. Oh man, sorry, oh, Bill. Bill, Bill, if you're if you're watching, take that out of Kelly's paycheck, man. Uh, Seriously, so you the rest you, of the week you, off. That's all five, right. Yeah, yeah, this is a. Him. Get him, find him, like he's storming the court or whatever with all of this. <laughs> all right, let's talk some NHL with my friend and yours, Jakeon. Jake, it has been such a long time. People can follow you over on the Point of Fantasy Hockey Show on SiriusXM at Jake, Jakeon Four on the Twitter machine as well, buddy. I love talking the puck with you,
7: Matt. It's great. It's great to talk to you again, you and Kelly. And I'm, I was telling Kelly before we jumped on here, i I might have to blindly tail your golf picks uh, this weekend. What is, what are we calling it? Cognizant <laughs> classic or something now? It is, it is, is. going to be the Honda to me for a couple of years, but, uh, yeah, whatever you're playing this week, we, Matt, I think I might have to play after you're and two. we, we
4: have to go in and, uh, we have to go in and look up these sponsors as well and, and, uh, figure out we did, there was a we, we're going to go back two weeks here real quick before we get to the high, Kelly. There's, I did this the, one earlier this morning. The Chubb Yeah, the Chubb. Yeah, classic. the Chubb. Yeah, we, the we, Chubb. We, we looked up Chubb, the Chubb Classic, and uh, Chubb is actually insurance, yes. which we uh, were, was, were really shocked that the Chubb, Chubb is insurance. So what is what is Cognizant here?
5: Uh, right it right is right. a American multinational information technology services and
4: consulting
5: company, oh, that is obviously. A bunch of fancy, that
4: is a bunch of fancy That's words that told me, not. me nothing about <laughs> what that company <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah, they're like, we don't sell you anything thing. We just have to like spend this money or they take it away from us.
5: Info and tech, man. They're going to consult you yeah, on it, okay? There it
4: is. That's what, you know, that's what, I need a ton of that, so let yeah. me let me go in. They'd be like, you do not have the money to afford us. You cannot afford us at all. Alright, Jake, we're four games over on the ice tonight. Let's start with the first puck drop that's coming to you about 7.05 Eastern, which is the Ottawa Senators and the Washington Capitals. This is currently sitting minus 135 for the Senators on the road, plus 114 at DraftKings Sportsbook on the Capitals at home as underdog Six and a half is our total what
7: can people expect here in this one the battle for the of the nation's capitals here guys right uh so if anybody's into into any sort of geography there you go that's that's what we're watching <laughs> for tonight but uh, it's, it's actually funny when i look at this line I, the, look, Washington is not a team I've been backing almost at all this season. I, I'm really not a believer in the Caps. I think they're old. I think they're on the way out. Although we have seen a bit of a resurgence from Alex Obechkin since the All-Star break, which has been good. It was a real slow season for him. And, you know, his chase for Gretzky's record over the next couple of years is going to be fun to watch. Be more fun to watch if he was playing at a decently high level, which he he sort of is now. So it's good to see. Uh, this is kind of the first time I've looked at a Capitals price and actually thought, you know what, there might be some value here. Um, The line has actually shifted in Ottawa's direction. They were a smaller favorite earlier this morning Uh, so money has come in uh, on the sends i'll be on the capitals here uh, as a home dog uh, guys i just think they're playing decent enough to keep this game close and i look ottawa is just the team that when they're a favorite i fade them because they can lose to anybody in the league Uh, when they're an underdog ottawa becomes very interesting because i think they can actually beat any team in the league so they're very inconsistent when it comes to that Uh, not a team i would love backing as a road favorite so i'm going to go with the caps here on home ice
4: let's head to the second game 805 Eastern Islanders and the stars stars are minus 170 home favorites here in this one plus 142 Islanders on the road six is our total here in
7: this one what are we looking at? Yeah, I think if you could find a six and a half uh, for a fair price on the under, I, this is where I would go with this game, guys. I just, I don't trust the Islanders enough to back them. I know it's a, it's a decent price for them. Um, I just, I think the stars are so deep. I, I think to, to me, honestly, they're a team I'm looking to back come playoff time, just because I think they're built uh, to win playoff rounds, uh, to win games uh, in the playoffs. And that's kind of how they built their team. They're going with a deep four line attack. So I just, I trust Dallas in this spot on home ice to get it done. Uh, they look pretty good in their last handful of games as well, but I think they'll keep it tighter. The the only problem is the Islanders have been very loose this year, not the Islanders teams we've been used to in previous years where it's been the complete opposite. They actually tend to play lower scoring games. Uh, it's been a a lot more high event hockey games for the Islanders this year, but I think on the road here, uh, they probably try to tighten things up a little bit, try to win a lower scoring game. So under six and a half, if you could find a, a decent number, um, at that price. 9.30 Eastern,
4: Kings and the Oilers. Oilers minus 155 home favorites over the Kings, plus 130 for the Kings on the road. Six and a half is the total there. In that one, Jake, what we got?
7: Yeah, I think we're getting a short price on the Oilers here, guys, because they have lost a few games in a row. They went on an unbelievable win streak uh, throughout the month of, of January, and they couldn't lose to anybody. Now, when you looked at that win streak, the quality of competition maybe wasn't the greatest. They were beating up on the, on the bottom of the league for the most part, and since then, they've been tested by more of the top teams in the league, and ultimately, they've come up short in some of those games. So maybe they're finding their level a little bit. Uh, they just lost to their rivals, the Calgary Flames, in the Battle of Alberta over the weekend. So I think you're going to get a ticked off Oilers team here. Uh, they don't want to leak oil for too long. Uh, no pun intended there. And this is a Kings team they're very familiar with. They've actually eliminated the Kings the last two years in the playoffs. So at this price on whole mice, I'm going with the Oilers to end this losing streak. Um, if you want to get a little plus money, I think you could look towards the puck line. Maybe you just look towards uh, the Oilers to win this game in regulation. You don't have to sweat that empty netter at the end of the game. But I, I like Edmonton to, to get it done tonight on whole mice. Jake, puns are
4: always welcome here on a numbers game, so don't worry about it, buddy. <laughs> Leaking oil there, those yeah. Oilers. We're talking to Jake Hahn, co host of The Point and Fantasy Hockey Show over on Sirius XM. Our fourth and final game here on the ice tonight: 10:05 Eastern Bruins and the Kraken. We got the Bruins at minus 142 on the road as favorites, plus 120 for Seattle at
7: home as underdogs. A five and a half total here in this one. This is an interesting game, guys, because as you know, Boston has been probably the most consistent regular season team over the last couple of years. We know what they did last year and this year, you know, maybe not quite to the level that they that they did last season. But they've still been a a real solid regular season team ready to play most nights. But for whatever reason, Seattle seems to play them very tough, whether it's in Boston or it's in Seattle. Uh, This is just a matchup that it seems like the Kraken like. Now, the sample size is relatively small, uh, but it does make me lean a little bit towards the Kraken here uh, at Plus Money on home ice. They're just a deep team. And I think they can match up with Boston a little better lines, two, three, and four. The Bruins clearly have the high end talent, the guys that are, you know, true goal scorers in this league, like a David Pasternak. uh, But I think Seattle matches up pretty well against them and they got to get a move on if they want to make the playoffs. So I, I I think you see a good Kraken team, a one uh, prop I think to look out for in this game. If you're looking for a bit more of a long shot guys, would actually be the regulation draw. So for this game to go to overtime, Boston's been to overtime five straight games in six of their last seven right now, which is another reason why I'm not really rushing to back them as a road favorite, because even if they're winning games, they're really having to work to do it right now. So I think backing them at this price on the road, the way that they're playing, how often they're going to overtime right now, I think is a little bit too much for me. So I'd either go Seattle on home ice um, as a dog or I'd maybe sprinkle a little bit on that uh, on that regulation draw, just because you get two interconference teams. Sometimes when it's tied in the third period, they say, "Hey, I'll take a point. You take a point. We'll play for the extra point." No team.
4: All right, Jake, uh, we got about 90 seconds looking here. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different teams at 10 to one or shorter to win the championship. A big, big kind of grouping there with all of this. Is there any of these teams that stands out to you? And is there any of these
7: teams that you actually don't like of the short shots? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I think it's a it's a debate that we've been having really all season. I, I've been fascinated by this market, guys, because we haven't really seen anybody you know get above that seven to one range and nobody really drops below the 14 to one range. So I think the odds makers are basically telling you, uh, we think all these teams are good. We just don't think anybody's significantly better than anybody else or significantly worse than anybody else. I know a lot of people were, were probably jumping on some Oilers tickets when they were starting to go on their run and turn that season around. I still have question marks about them come playoff time um, when they face stiffer competition. Can they really match up? You know, they can slow down McDavid and dry side. let the other players beat them. I mentioned Dallas uh, earlier in this hit guys. I, the stars are a team. I think that they're just deep and I I feel like they're going to add a piece before the deadline, probably a defenseman. Um, They're a team. I'd be looking to back out of that crop. It's a, it's a messy mix of teams and you could really make a strong case for a lot of them. But I think right now, Dallas is the one, that is impressing me most, and just looking like a team that's built to go on a very, very long playoff run this year. Well, Jake,
4: it's on you, buddy, because I'm going to put in a stars ticket as soon as we go to break. And that is all on you the pressure of
7: getting the stars okay. home. I'm telling you, it's going to be on you. I don't you. feel bad. You- You've got all this extra money in your pocket. from the, 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 GTS, the, NBA, the, the, the So, yeah, I won't feel bad if I lose it.
4: you got get Austin stars.
5: Matthews home and the Stars now. Jake, no pressure. The no Stars, there it is. Okay. Jake
4: Hahn, you can find him over on SiriusXM Fantasy Hockey Show and The Point as well. Thanks for the time, buddy. Do appreciate right. it, as always. Great chat with you, boys. When we come back, let's talk a little NFL draft position, Kelly. That's always fun. These markets continue to pop up here on a numbers game.
3: to start listening.